I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Welcome to Feel Good Friday, our weekly segment where we dive into the weird and wild news in the world of health. This week, breaking news, rhino babies, breaking news, exiting the closet, breaking news, the key to lupus, and the history of humans birthing rabbits. Whoa. Holy shit. Oh. Huh. There's one thing that strikes me is there's a lot of breaking news this week. <laughs> there sure is. And to be honest with you, actually for real, there is some breaking news. And we'll get to it. There's some legitimate breaking news, and then there's some silly breaking news. That's not real. Great. But there's a couple of real news breaks. Can we start with the legit? Nope. <laughs> yeah, we want to keep it light. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, actually, we, actually, we are. We are. We're starting with one of the legits. That's right. Cool. Uh, but before we do, actually, uh, breaking news. I learned something yesterday. What's that? Crazy. Uh, I was recording Turn Me On yesterday with Bridie, and we had Lisa Hendrickson Jack on the show. <clears throat> we had her on the show before on Turn Me On, and uh, I reached out to her after that to try to get her on Sick Boy, and uh, and she never responded. And I was like, I was like, oh, maybe she didn't like me. You know, like, it's like of course that's where so I that's brain went. Fair. That's- who is who is that makes sense though yeah so she's a really interesting lady um she wrote she wrote this book about um about uh tracking your menstrual cycle and controversial uh, like brian like (laughs) no no much different so so it's it's called like the i forget the is it the fertility fertility awareness method anyway essentially that first recording that we did with her was all about um, tracking your menstrual cycle and without using birth control. And like, it's all about like your temperature and your, and your like cervical mucus and all this stuff. And Bridie was like, it, it's like right up Bridie's alley. Sharing and for, it, for people who um, may be new to listening to this podcast, Bridie is, uh, right. Bridie's my ex-wife and co-host of the Turn Me On podcast that her and I have been doing for a number of years now. And uh, so we had Lisa back on the show yesterday because uh, her and a, a, uh, a registered dietitian uh, named Lily are releasing a new book. And it's all, about, uh, it's all about like sort of optimizing your health f- uh, for conception. Um, and like to, you know, to ensure that you have like the best chances of conceiving a baby. Is now, it she, called Immaculate Conception? That's, that's, oh, that's a great sh- that's, episode it should, title. It should be. Um, uh, or rather, rather book title, but it's not. Um, but anyway, we're going to get Lisa on the show, uh, cause it was so fascinating. She said a bunch of shit that I went, Oh my God. She essentially explained without me asking the question, but she essentially explained exactly why slash how you and Kyla had Zaya via IVF Breaking the reasons news. why you had to go through that way. I had IV- I did IVF and also how you got Kyla pregnant without the need for IVF. Breaking news. Did it again. Mm-hmm. And we should say for new listeners, Kyla is Taylor's uh, cousin. Yeah, Brian keeps saying new listeners. Oh, wow. Because uh, <laughs> our Gabor Mate live episode came out. And I'm assuming there's a couple of new listeners. Um, and uh, and hey, 
if you loved that uh, live episode with Gabor, you can actually listen to the 30-minute preamble we did at that live show before we brought Gabor onto the stage. And I bet if you've never listened to the show before and you listen to how we warmed up the crowd, you will be shocked. Um, so, <laughs> and a previous episode with Gabor himself from a year and a half. Right. So yeah. for those of you who may be lo- new oh listeners God, to the show, Christ. my name is Brian. Yeah, I'm Jeremy. This I'm is Taylor. Taylor. I have CF. Taylor's, uh, Taylor has never known what it means to struggle. And Brian is, uh, is, uh, I have ADHD and I love therapy. There we go. Yeah. Brian's emotions are far too much in the driver's seat. Okay, I'm thinking so a on. lot about the people who are listening right now because it helps when I feel like I'm empathizing with people okay. who may yeah. be, yeah. you know, listening. So in that conversation with Lisa, actually, you know, I'm going to do this because in that conversation with Lisa, we, I, um, the last little bit, I asked her about sperm uh like quality for sperm sperm quality oh you took your laptop off your seat off your and lap I, because and it's because and it's I, frying your, your yeah and eyes. i said to her i was like uh i this is probably a myth but like laptop on the lap good or bad and she goes bad yeah and definitely I was like, not a myth and then she was like cell phone in the pocket bad uh she was like cycling one of the worst i knew that already. and i was like ooh, um heat heating up your balls bad saunas bad but basically she was like everything you do jeremy bad yeah but also in, in just to, just to just because yes in the context of fertility, but then when you counterbalance that with the ways in which those things add to your life in other ways like cycling or sauna sure, or the right. myriad of things like right. they have they have their benefits and then they have their they sure. have their pros and they have their cons, I mean you're saying how they balance you're saying bad out. subjectively too because like sometimes people they don't. Want to have babies? No, I'm saying bad. Um, I'm what? not saying it subjectively. Up, I'm Ryan. saying bad if you want to have a physiologically. Baby. Okay. Yeah. Okay, um, <laughs> the other thing. So anyway, I am no. I'm going to try to no longer hold my phone on my lap. It's too hard for this. Well, I'll have to get a table or something. We should get your like phone's those, probably okay because your phone's not hot. Those like TV hot. TV dinner um, yes, tables. Yeah. Um, and also, I'm currently wearing an ice pack on my nuts, so that's good. <laughs> and I'm just going to continue that as we go throughout the process of living. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, let us get into our first segment of breaking news. And I will say one thing. Breaking news. A Boise, Idaho woman is considered a medical miracle. Laura Esterman was struck by lightning nearly a month ago and she was considered officially dead. Thankfully, CPR from her mom revived her heart, but she laid in a coma for two weeks, and then she defied all odds and woke up. Wait, oh, it's well, obviously, there was a problem with that tape. She doesn't really sound like that. She doesn't remember the accident, but the evidence is clear. I am so sorry. Laura's learning to walk again after the lightning burned her legs. And we'll have more on that story and hopefully get that tape fixed for you. Uh, we're going to oh interrupt that and uh, because, again, we have breaking more breaking news. Oh, okay. Uh, I, sh- I should have played the clip first and then the breaking news after because what I meant to do for this, these segments is play a news clip as though we're watching the news and then cut away to the breaking news. So now's the breaking news. I was going to say oh. that footage didn't look like it was breaking. No, that's yeah. right. Looks like I it, fucked up. Looked like it broke. <laughs> it looked worry. like it broke many years ago. <laughs> don't worry. Yeah. Throughout today's news segment, we have two more breaking news moments where maybe I'll do it right. Oh, okay, great. perfect. So actual breaking news. Uh, rhinos make babies just like Taylor does. Yeah, I heard this. With IVF? 
Uh, yeah, so uh, the recent development in the efforts to save Africa's northern white rhinoceros from extinction involves a significant milestone in the use of IVF. That's interesting because that's what we also call Taylor, our uh, northern white rhinoceros. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's an endearing term. It's yeah. a pet name. Yeah. Because um, so <laughs> I'm so rare and unique. Uh, scientists have successfully created a southern white rhino embryo in a lab using an egg and sperm previously collected from other rhinos. This embryo was then transferred to a southern white rhino surrogate mother named Cura uh, at the Ol Pajita Conservancy in Kenya. The procedure conducted on September 24th of last year uh, resulted in a successful pregnancy, which is pretty neat, which was a crucial step in provide, uh, proving the concept of using IVF to save the northern white rhino subspecies. The pregnancy was confirmed uh, to be progressing well with a 70-day-old, 6.4-centimeter-long male embryo. However, it is important to note that the surrogate mother, uh, Cura, uh, unfortunately passed away from a bacterial infection in November before the pregnancy could be brought to term. But despite the setback, the successful embryo transfer and the initial stages of pregnancy mark a significant breakthrough in conservation efforts. And this proof of concept opens the door for future transfer of northern white rhino embryos into surrogate mothers, offering hope for the preservation of this critically endangered species. Man, isn't it crazy? Is it is it is it wild how they are wild? Yes. <laughs> how how so? Okay, this is a. I have to ask a question. Can you imagine though if we if we domesticated the southern white rhino? That'd be so cute. Well, that's how I think of Taylor. Yeah, the right. domesticated right. version yeah, of that. Yeah, that's right. But um, but why are rhinoceros rhinoceri? Uh, why uh, why are they endangered? Oh, Jesus like is bro. it oh, is it? I gotta know that. It's a result of humans, right? Girl. Yeah, yeah. So like now we have to. Is it kind of fucked up that we have to? then go through these I believe so. procedures I, I Im- to like try to undo the fucking up that we did. Well, yeah. I mean, that's just the whole, that's the whole campaign, man. It just yeah. like kind of goes to show that we should be more thoughtful about the things that we do and try not to fuck up uh, like other species. Um, yeah. I mean, I think the main impact is poaching, which, um, which, which in and of itself is like a result of a whole bunch of other underlying you know, like economic and infrastructure and societal cultural issues. Let's keep going down this lane. I feel like we could probably get to the bottom of why this is. Um, rhinoceros, plural rhinoceros or rhinoceroses okay. or this is crazy. This is kind of, I don't, this doesn't make much sense to me or uncommon rhinocer, uh, rhinoceroses or <laughs> non-standard rhinoceri or non-standard rhinoceri which they just said that or now rare rhinoceros so there you go um so yeah so when i was when i when i read about this it made me think about made me think about jurassic park and then it made me think about mm-hmm. like if we could somehow use this technology to bring back you know play god a little bit bring back the dino I think they're doing this with a uh, with a woolly mammoth. Is that not something? They, yeah, that's they've been, been they've been trying to been trying to do this yeah. with a woolly mammoth. Yeah, and uh, I hope they do because I because I'll tell you right now. Or sorry, not with IVF, but with like um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but like you know, some sort of similar technology, maybe. 
Um, but I would love that if they did it, because I'll tell you one, one thing. I, I would love to see the return of some sort of show that's based on dinosaurs uh, with, the, with the, you know, the advent of new dinosaurs on the earth that uh, kind of resembles this one. You, know, if you, guys, you guys remember the show? Yes. Dinosaurs. That was the name of the show. <laughs> God love me. <laughs> that, was, that guy was cool. That dino was cool. That's a terrifying show, honestly. I loved that fucking show, dude. Yeah, scary. Scares, so me. It. scares me now. It it was it was awesome. Um, and then the other thing that this made me think of was um, was about you, Taylor. I've been thinking about you and IVF so much. The conversation with Lisa, this fucking story, and I know I remember when Kyla and you uh, brought Zaya home. Again, Kyla's your cousin. <laughs> For all the new yeah. listeners, yeah. I mean, second cousin. It's so. an abnormal relationship. <laughs> um, well, speaking of abnormal, um, I Becoming remember... Becoming more common, especially in certain online circles. I remember, <laughs> when, uh, I remember when you guys came home with Zaya, and there was, it was me and you, Taylor, and Brian, you were there, and Kyla, and the new baby, and we were in your, your uh, condo, and you, Tay, you were like, hey, do you guys want to see the video of... Zaya coming out of Kyla's vagina. And I was like, fuck no, dude. And I was and, like, and Brian was like, fuck yeah, fuck dude. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and so you, and so you showed him on your phone and Kyla, I was um, like, Kyla, yeah. are you okay with it? And she was like, yeah, I'm okay with this. And yeah, now sure. you're feeling left out. You want to see it? Well, <laughs> I texted Kyla. No, you didn't. And I was like, we're going to bring it you? up. I was like, I was like, <laughs> I, I asked her, I, I didn't, I was like, I, at first I wasn't, I wasn't interested in seeing it, but I was asking her, I said, Hey, can you tell me about, about, do you like, do you remember how that occurred? And she was like, yeah. So I um, must've told her not to tell me cause she didn't mention this to me. Yeah. So she was like, uh, she was like, yeah, you know, so I gave the, we gave the phone to a nurse and the nurse was filming, uh, was filming it. Taylor was like, the doctor brought him over and brought him like right down in front and was like, all right, here we go. Like you, you got, I need you to coach this baby out front row seats, front row seats. And so the nurse filmed it and she was like, it's really not that bad. You can like, you can't really see a whole, you really just see Tay mostly and it's not that graphic. And so she sent it to me and I was like, oh, this isn't bad at all. So I, I prepped it and we're going to watch it here. Uh, so here is uh, Taylor <laughs> coaching um, Zaya out of Kyla's vagina. And the thing that I loved about this is just the way you spoke I to Zaya. I can't wait to relive this memory. Push. Mm-hmm. I love that you push. Yep. Yeah, that's Kylie. Yeah. Said. Yeah. I put on a little accent for the whole production. Jesus Christ. This it was exactly, fucking hideous when she came out, eh? This is exactly how I remember it. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So for our cute. listeners that aren't watching on YouTube, um, they'll watch it just, on YouTube. Yeah, we just saw Kylie's vagina. So, uh, so there we go. How fun was that? Good job. It was really great to w- take a stroll down memory lane there and, and see, uh, see, the, see the moment I met Zaya. I, uh, I just, I was so, I was just laughing so hard. Do you guys know, yesterday. like this, um, this reminds me of, do you remember my theory of what I think happens when you die? It has to do with spaceships in the future. I do. So is it like you no. wake up? I do not remember. That. Yeah. I remember, yeah, sorry, yeah. I thought this yeah. was like, I thought this wasn't when you die. It's when you wake up. After you've frozen yourself. No, so this is when you die. So when you die, I believe that they will be able to. So like so you will you'll end up in a in a in a grave. Yeah. And in that grave it contains your DNA. 
Right. And so what if when, you got what if you got um aquified? I think it's still like I think there's DNA there. Sure. Some sure. like maybe a little piece, right? Right. Um and maybe for the people who choose to do that, they won't be able to live this uh, future reality. Yeah. But what I believe is that uh eventually in the future when we need to go and colonize far off galaxies, yeah. um the best way to do that will be to take people who are not here on this planet in current form and take past DNA and grow them on a ship that is being sent to another galaxy. So you sort of wake up in this like, you know, matrix style incubator far off in the future because they've recreated you from your DNA and it's advantageous for them to recreate you with your memories so that you have some sort of like, you know, ability when you wake up to like do things productive. Maybe you don't fully understand, you know, future technology and computer systems, but you at least have a base fundamental knowledge of like problem solving and that way you can control the ship and land it on any planets that you need to uh, colonize. So I think that this technology that we're talking about, this IVF, like, you know, saving these rhinos, the, the, um, uh, the version of like bringing back the woolly mammoth, those types of things. I think that's just leading to a future where that becomes a reality. First of all, write that book. How about that? Secondly, um, <laughs> notice, notice, notice how Taylor is completely checked out right now. I mean, he's just usually checked out, so like <laughs> I, I don't just, notice anything no, different. See how much Taylor gives a fuck. No, no, no I'm, just, I'm just placing an order. I'm just placing an order. That's uh, all. Let's. Oh, oh, what's this? Oh, yeah. All right, we're gonna have to throw to the uh, news desk here. We got a story coming in. Right after the break, we're gonna interview Eric Weihenmayer, who climbed the highest mountain in the world, Mount Everest, but. He's gay. I mean, he's gay. Excuse me. He's Oopsie. blind. Okay. Well, so we'll no, let's that. throw it in. Breaking okay. news. We got a new breaking news segment here. This is a long one, I think. <laughs> this is a long one. <laughs> uh, breaking news. Breaking news. Uh, speaking of gay, uh, Taylor is apparently uh, going to n- announce... Uh, I, are you coming out of the closet? I don't know what's happening here. Uh, you you said something about wanting to express uh, you're on the some that you're on the Kinsey scale. Yeah. Well, um, I guess I've, I guess I there. guess really what the result of this breaking news segment is is that I'm is that I get I guess I'm a little bit more gay than I was like a few days ago. Sure. Right. So I don't really know where I was on the scale. I would say I was pretty far down the scale. Right. Like like on the on the on the on we'll the say straighter you're, end of the spectrum. Let's say instead of gay, let's say you're 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 leaning more bi curious now. So uh, you, at least at least subconsciously. So like previously, you I would think subconsciously, say subconsciously. I think it's all the same. Like right. previously, you had not thought about naked men in your like dreams or imagination, but possibly as of late, um, that may have changed. About men in yeah. a sexual. Context. So I had a I had a I had a a gay sex dream for the first time ever. Whoa. Uh, the other the other couple of days ago. And how did that make you feel? <clears throat> well, here, I'll, I'll just lay it out for you. What happened? I was in a very, you know, I was in like a, hold on, hold on, hold on that. I mean, that's kind of mind blowing to me. Hey, have you ever had, have you ever had a, a sex dream that was that no. where you cross, like you cross gender or preference? No, I, I, I like the thing that I find interesting about this is that, like, I don't think that I like, I could understand if you said that you had a dream where you like were in a situation where there was a naked person, a naked guy, but like you didn't feel an attraction or an arousal right. to that. But if you're talking about a, a gay sex dream where you were feeling a sense of like arousal or well, attraction, no, I, I haven't had that. 
Oh. And that, so here's the thing. Oh, okay, here's what okay. happened. All right. Okay, so I'm in this dream. Like, have I found myself in some gay no, no, scenario? No, 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 hold on. Then, hold on. You then, tell the you. What did you tell me? How, when Jerry, my dream Jerry was asking me, me if I if I personally yeah, had something yeah, like that. Yeah. So, like, so have I, I had oh, any situations okay. where yeah. I found myself in in scenarios that might be perceived to be gay? Maybe, but uh, did I feel a sense of arousal or attraction that maybe question made me question my sexuality? I don't think so. Okay, okay. go on. <laughs> Hit it, Tay. Uh, actually, <laughs> sorry, one second. I'm just going to take my phone out while you tell the story. That's fine. Um, yeah. I'll tell it to Jer. So I was, um, so I had this dream and uh, it was like, I, I, I think I've expressed this at least to you guys, if not on air before, that in any one, in any sex dream I've ever had, like I yes. never, ever, yeah. ne- nothing, I never finish ever. Like, it's just right. like, it's like something happens. It's something like the gets, fighting in a dream where yeah, it's like, you yeah. go to punch someone and it's like noodle arms. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like something happens in like the sit and like the situation blows up yeah. or something happens and you have to leave or whatever. And so I'm in this dream and I find myself, uh, you know, all of a sudden in a sexual situation with a woman that I'm not attracted to at all. And I'm going and, and, and this I, is a dream woman. Yeah, and okay, I and yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's, like it's, it's non descript fabricated, yeah, fabricated, imaginary fabricated person. person. Yeah, I could tell you who it actually resembled, but I'll t- I'll do that after off air. Um, so it and, was somebody. Well, no, he's like I, anyway. oddly short, stacked, looked like uh, Uriel. <laughs> <laughs> no, and for well, those new listeners, new listeners. <laughs> that's, uh, that's Taylor's mom. <laughs> <laughs> for new listeners, that's my mother. Um, and so I'm and but I'm like I'm like in the situation. It's like it's not developing. I'm like. All of a sudden, I'm like in a situation where I'm having sex with this woman that I'm like okay. not attracted to whatsoever. Yeah, and I'm going, and in my mind, in the dream, I'm going, "What the fuck am I doing? Like, why am I doing this? Right? I have no and 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 it's like I'm like doing it, like we're boning, and I'm <laughs> yeah, and I'm yeah. going, "What am I doing? Yeah. This is insane." And then something happens where I get where where it I have to leave, and I like I I just I like. I get off of this woman and I like, I leave. <laughs> I go and I go off and I go off like into the woods somewhere and I do something for like a brief period. And you know, this is in that, uh, do you guys, do you guys have this in, do you guys, you got it. You got do it. Do you guys have this thing? <laughs> you got it. Yeah. Where, where this is just to set the tone <laughs> where, when you guys, if you, if your alarm goes off and then you snooze it, like in the 10 minutes of the, your snooze, you have like the, vivid crazy, the super most vivid dreams. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was in that period. So it's like, it's like 10 minutes go by, but in your dream, it feels like two hours. So I, I go off and I, I'm doing something totally unrelated. And then in my dream, then I go, oh, fuck, I got to go back because I got to finish what I started. Right. So I go back to the situation. <laughs> and, but then in this situation, it's now a man. And, and I and, and I feel it almost sounds like you were lucid dreaming and you wanted to go back. And I, and I feel equally as unnatural to this man. Right. And I'm going, but I go, but like in your dream, are no you go, questions like, asked? In, yeah, right. In your dream, are you going like you you, you go back? It's now the ma- it's now the man, and like the dream logic is like right, yeah. And so here we go. Totally, like, exactly. Are you going? Hey, where did where did she no, go? Who no, are no. you? I'll, I guess I got to fuck you now. No, just total dream logic. Where okay. you at? Where you were you zero questions okay, asked? Okay, you just okay. go. Well, this yeah. is like it's now a man, and I'm having sex with the man now. Usually, <laughs> I find people talking about their dreams fucking just absolutely obnoxiously fucking just shoot me. Uh, but this is interesting. <laughs> and so the man, the man was a person. 
that I you know. know. And I and I knew who the man was. And as soon as I woke up, I went, "Holy shit!" I just had a gay dream. I just had a gay dream. I was and I was and I again I was having sex with this guy, going, "The fuck!" Oh, so you were you were fucking? Him. I was fucking the guy, and I was wow. going and I was going. What am I doing? What was the, Why am I doing this? You, I'm, I'm, not attra- talking about this. I'm not attracted <laughs> to this person. I'm not gay in at all. Can I, I don't some, want to be doing this, do you, but I'm do like, you remember I gotta the dream? do it. Do you remember the dream like pretty well? I mean, it was like, it, it, even when I woke up, it was just like, the highlight was I was having sex with a woman that right, I wasn't right. attracted to. I left. The I reason why back, I asked. And now I'm having sex with yeah, a man. And the I reason, don't want to be doing it, but I'm doing it. And I don't know why. Just goes the to reason show how horny you were. Yeah. The reason. Yeah. The reason why I ask, um, did you did you have a wet dream? Did you come? No. Okay. Uh, the reason why I ask uh, no, is no, that part stayed the same. I can never. Were you banging inside, outside, in a house, in a uh, in a in a in, fucking inside, public place? Inside. Okay. And were you were you and him having sex on a bed, on a chair, on a washing machine? We were standing up. Oh, and okay, and like standing up, you were behind him. Like behind, you, you I was were, behind. Okay. I was t- I was and tossing. was he? Were you making I? Were you you were tossing a salad? Hmm. No, no, I, I was throwing. Oh. I was throwing in the in the whole thrower catcher. Oh, I see. Analogy. Oh, you're I, the I top. You, yeah, I you said the, tossing, and yeah, I was like, sure. "Holy shit, you were eating his ass too." No, I wasn't eating. <laughs> okay, okay. No, 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 were you, no. So, were you were you guys face? Were you making eye contact? Were nope. You, okay, you're right. Right. Were you pulling his hair? His hair was too short. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I ha- okay. Well, here's. Do you want to know who the person was? Yeah. yeah so I have. I have a, I didn't see this. I so I have this prep. So this is who, this, this is who it this is. This is the person. Oh. Wait, is that is this the is this the bad guy from a Die Hard movie? Dude, dude, he's butt naked. Oh my god! This is why this is the perfect clip. <laughs> he's uh, he looks strong. Is this Die Hard? Oh my god! This is fucking great. I like how it's from Faps.com too. <laughs> yeah, wait, what, what the fuck? www.faps.com. Jesus, where'd you Christ. get this asset? Dude, Colonel Colonel Stewart from Die Hard Two, the villain in, in Die Hard. 2. Did you go? F- you went to Faps.com to find this video. I mean, <laughs> I went like, to YouTube. That's interesting. Interesting <laughs> choice. I feel like we're not getting the whole story here. I woke up. First thing I did was like, I got to fucking come to this guy. <laughs> find him on Faps.com. It is, it is it's interesting. Like how, um, like, I don't even think my brain would be able to recall old movies that I watched, but it's interesting how you never watched. Old movies. When was oh, the last yeah. time you saw a Die Hard? Like, like the, the thing I find fascinating. Die Hard 2? Long time. Wow. That is Fire two at least a few years. That's so fascinating. It would have been really funny if you were fucking Nick Cage from Dream Scenario, uh, which I just recently watched. And uh, yeah, that would have been great. I'm I'm curious though how oh, did you wild. how did you feel when you woke up? Um, I felt pretty uh, grossed out. Okay, so so turns out you're not bi curious. No, yeah, that's why it was so interesting. That's so fascinating. Because like, because by grossed out, I mean I was going. I wouldn't have sex with I wonder what Carl Jung would like, would think. Because so like why did I have sex with a guy in that dream? And, and I told Kyle about this and Kyle just goes oh. <laughs> I, I think it's interesting. I'm gonna <laughs> ask my therapist about this. <laughs> I think it's interesting. It's because I know your therapist. Tell him it's me. I will. Um, no, I, I <laughs> what? Yeah. Like I'm gonna be like, dude, Taylor told me this thing. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's interesting from the perspective of of like um think about how many and like I think this is probably particularly true for like 18 year old guys. Like I'm imagining like an 18 year old guy who is is straight and identifies as being straight who has that dream and then is like really like um you know like 
fucked up mentally by it because they're like, well, what does this mean? Like, does this mean that I'm gay? I like, does know, this? Man. I, I mean, but, I, but no, don't you think? I do think you it's think pretty clear? You like, wake, you wake up and you go, oh, that was that was such a funny dream. You know, uh, what it does? I, I think the part that would make someone go, that would make someone like have a bit of a, a sort of like almost like existential crisis is like waking up from that and being like waking up being rock hard and being like super turned on by that experience and then going, whoa, I've never, I've never had this feeling before. And this is so outside of anything that I ever identified with. So what does this mean? You know, that, what I, I feel, but I feel like if, if Nathan, our, our Gen Z consultant who actually helped me with this, uh, a segment in this episode, the next segment, um, if he had that experience, I'm pretty sure he would wake up, and if it was if he was in Tay's boat, he would wake up, go, "Ha ha, that was a funny dream." Also, <laughs> I'm not turned on right now, so let's you know move on with me, life. Uh, you know what it makes me think about in this moment is, uh, in in like a to to just to like side to take a st- side step <laughs> over to like a ser- uh, kind of like a serious um, realm in this conversation. I is, was asking that is, from a serious perspective. Is, um, oh, I know you were. Um, is is you know I, i'm sure this still happens but i know that it happened like a lot maybe uh 20 20 years ago or 20 years ago like anyway i guess i'm where i'm going with this is like when when coming out was a much harder mm. situation for many people um the way in which like you hear of people who are gay and they never came out and they married a woman and right. had children and they like were in this relationship. And then, you know, when they're in their forties or their fifties, they're like, Hey, I've been gay this, my whole life. Yeah. And like, th- this is why our marriage is in shambles. And what happened to my, a really good close friend of mine in high school, his dad uh, came out, he was like in his fifties and ended the marriage, yeah. came out, was like, ah, fuck. I don't but know. But it reminds that. me of like yeah. what that experience, that real life experience of like forcing yourself to be in a sexual situation that you want like really nothing right. to do with. Like yeah, you're not yeah, turned right. on by right. that situation at all, right. but because you, so it's almost like it's almost in a weird way, like a window into that experience of going, I don't want to do this. Yeah, like right. this isn't what I'm, this isn't what I'm turned on by, but I'm doing it anyway. Man, I hope I have one of those dreams that. soon. That'd be so interesting. Yeah. And I mean, like I, I know that you know this too, but like that is a very, you're saying 20 years ago, but like also that in a lot of parts of the world right now, that's also still like a very real oh, no, it's situation. Very, yeah. Even here. Yeah, no, I'm yeah, sure. Totally. I'm sure. It's, I'm just, I was making more. I just think of like the, when it was, would it be, would it would have been like, you know, far, far more common. I think of like yeah. the ultra homophobic people who like have a dream like that and then are like, you know, torn up because they like feel like, right. You know, like there's this like, I, like identity crisis in a yeah. moment like that where they're like, what does this mean? Like, you know, there, I'm sure that there's people. Man, that's like, what Kyle oh. said. Kyle was like, "What does it mean?" I was like, "I was like, it means I had a weird dream." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, but also, you know, maybe, uh, maybe it meant something. You never know. Uh, I know Carl Jung was very big on like dream interpretation. I, it would be interesting to like pick up a Jung book and go, "Like, I had a gay dream." Like, what's the <laughs> see what see what it meant? What are my young Carl Jung tarot cards? <laughs> I am really yeah, yeah. curious if you Google. I had a gay dream. What does this mean? I'm curious what like the first yeah, links are that, yeah. that come up. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl. 
Let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Question. Oh. oh, what's this? Oh, we got to, there's a, we, we have to cut to our news anchor here. J-Lo's new song, Jenny from the Block, all about Lopez roots, about how she's still a neighborhood gal at heart. But folks from that street in New York, the Bronx section, sound more likely to give her a curb job than a blow job or blo- block party. Oh, whoa. The New York <laughs> Post, which, sorry about that slip up there. I have no idea how that happened, but it won't happen again. And that's your news and the G okay, block. We're, we're gonna have to. We're gonna, let's go to breaking news. <laughs> oh, uh, wow. We got a we got a new breaking news segment. I I think uh, I, unfortunately uh, that anchor at uh, two actually two breaking news segments here. Uh, that anchor got fired and he will never be back. <laughs> so that will never happen again. Uh, but uh, let's hit the actual breaking news here. So uh, lupus trigger has been found. This is actually for real. This is the this is the whole segment of this breaking news bullshit which is now over, okay? Uh, we don't have to do that anymore. This all stemmed from this actual news that broke last week, which I think is, uh, I think it's a really big deal. So lupus um, is a tricky disease. We've spoken about lupus on the show uh, multiple times in the past. And uh, it, as far as I can tell, it's an autoimmune disorder, but it has all these like, it's really hard to get diagnosed. I don't think it's like fully well understood. Um, you know, we spoke about a story of a woman who was in a catatonic state for like 25 years. They thought she just had a, a form of schizophrenia. And uh, after, after some like, you know, some, some innovative thoughts and thinking and digging, uh, one physician ended up finding out that this woman's catatonic state had nothing to do with her mental health and was, uh, was completely related to the fact that she had a form of lupus that we did not know existed, which actually was attacking her brain, um, which typically I think the Yikes. lupus is like, you know, happening more underneath the blood-brain barrier. So uh, this groundbreaking discovery in lupus research led by the Max Planck Institute for Infection Biology in Berlin traces the autoimmune disease back to a single mutation, Uh, Lupus, known for causing severe inflammation throughout the body, can significantly impact an individual's life. And here, I'm just going to preface this. We're going to get a bit sciencey here um, and probably a bit over even our heads when it comes to the the science. That's not hard. Um, Not hard. Uh, But I have a remedy for that once we get through it. So, um, uh, so, right, lupus bad affects the, the body through inflammation. Uh, the research team, in collaboration with the Ludwig Maximilian University of Munich, identified a mechanism that triggers lupus in children by regulating the amount of a specific immune receptor that recognizes pathogen genetic material. When this mechanism is disrupted, it leads to an accumulation of receptors in immune cells, causing the body's own genetic material to be recognized and triggering chronic inflammation characteristic of lupus. Okay, so... What are the key findings in this research? What are they? Tell us. Toll-like receptor 7 and lupus. The focus was on toll-like receptor 7, a critical component of the innate immune system uh, responsible for detecting the genetic material of viruses and bacteria, thereby initiating an immune response. In healthy cells, the amount of toll-like receptor 7 is balanced, 
But in lupus patients, there's an increased number of these receptors, leading to the recognition of the body's own genetic material and the subsequent autoimmune response. Okay. Sounds all right. I'm, I'm, I'm getting a sniff of machine learning and AI used to detect this. I'm just saying. Maybe, maybe it doesn't yeah. say this, but uh, uh, role it smells of, like it to me. Role of Bork, B-O-R-C, uh, and UNC-93B1 in receptor regulation. So here we're getting like really in the weeds here. Okay, so the team discovered the importance of a protein complex called Bork. You're in, all borked <laughs> up. You got, you got borked up in there. Uh, in in uh, uh, called Bork in degrade uh, in degradating toll-like receptor seven within the cell. Bork requires another protein, which is UNC93B1, to degradate the receptor correctly. A malfunction in this process leads to the accumulation of the receptor and immune cells. Now, so you got the Bork, and the Bork is like borking on the toll-like receptor seven, which is then causing toll-like receptor seven to be like freak out, freak out, and 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 make those lupus yeah. symptoms happen. So here's a big piece here, a discovery of a critical mutation. Researchers in collaboration with physician uh, Fabian Hauck from Ludwig Maximilian University Hospital identified a mutation in the UNC93B1 gene in a lupus patient. This finding confirmed that the malfunction in the UNC93B1 was responsible for the patient's lupus. Whoa, so it's that UN9BCC1 or whatever the fuck it is. A mutation in that gene that gene responsible for... That's making the Bork go Bork, 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 Bork to toll-like receptor 7, which yeah. is then making the lupus things happen. Right. So it's like if we look at this from like a cystic fibrosis perspective, it's like they've identified the like on a molecular level the the gene mutation that was affecting now this is specifically for this patient but this is likely going to lead to a lot more of a deeper understanding of lupus in general for the general population so implications for lupus theory or sorry therapy this discovery offers a new approach for lupus therapies gene therapies instead of solely focusing on suppressing inflammation right the symptoms which has been the traditional method Targeting the newly discovered mechanism could prevent the inflammation from developing in the first place. Mm. Testing for mutations in UNC93B1 could become a standard part of lupus treatment, potentially leading to more effective and targeted therapies. So I know that that's a lot. So we hired a a Gen Z consultant. We pay him in (laughs) V-Bucks. And, uh, and he reached out and said, you know what, guys, sometimes you go down in the Feel Good Friday episodes, you go down this, this road of science-heavy, hard-headed shit, and I can't stay up to date with it because you're using all these words that I don't know. Like borked up. And, and, and on top of that, you're using a bunch of fucking old-ass millennial words that I don't care for. Yeah, so, he's, so he said, why don't you send me the next uh, uh, heavy science piece you're going to do and i'll translate it to gen z so that me and my compadres i he didn't say that i just i just used that um i don't think he understands what that means but him and his friends w homies squad they can understand okay yeah so uh let's go into the gen z translation yeah this will make more sense to me too toll-like receptor seven and lupus okay so we're going to talk about toll-like receptor seven and lupus so this research is totally on fleek, focusing on the T, the toll-like receptor seven, which is basically the body's main character, yeeting out bad by, by viruses and bacteria. But in lupus patients, it's a whole sus situation. The receptor is throwing a fit, and there's a way, there's way too much of it. 
The immune system then gets all extra and starts to stand the wrong team coming for the body's own cells, like legit mistaking the fam for the haters. Okay. <laughs> Dude, this is, this is great. Now let's get into the role of Bork and UNC 93B1 in receptor regulation. So Nathan says, enter the protein squad Bork, which is high key important in this whole drama. They're supposed to keep toll like receptor seven looking snatched. But if they ghost, it's a whole vibe check because the receptor gets turned and not in a good way. Think your TikTok feed, but it's just endless cringe. Okay. <laughs> all right. So, all Holy right. Shit. Uh, so now we move on to discovery of a, of a critical mutation. <clears throat> the researchers were like, we smell tea. And they spilled it when they <laughs> found a mutation in the UNC93B1 gene in a lupus patient. This was the major gross. Uh, this was the major gross. Uh, proving this gene glitch was stirring the pot behind lupus, like finding out who's been sliding into your BFF's DMs. Okay. Damn. Now here's the implications for lupus therapy. This is not just tea. It's a, it's the whole tea set. It could totally flip the script on how lupus is treated. Instead of yeeting the inflammation with meds, docs, docs might go straight for the glow up and target the root cause. <laughs> This could be a total flex, reducing the disease's whole energy. Think less sick mode and more squad goals. <laughs> so what are the broader research collaboration and findings for the, all this? Well, the deets were dropped in science immunology and the Technical University of Dresden was like, hold my boba, revealing more UNC93B1 mutations that can trigger lupus. It's the plot twist we didn't see coming, revealing the secrets of really aggressive forms of lupus that slaps different in kids and teens. This research could be the glow up we've been waiting for. So yeah, this research is the bomb.com. It's like decoding the flex that is lupus, a total slay in the science world by peeping a tiny gene tweak can cause such a big oof. They're opening up new ways to keep people with this condition, living their best lives. We stand. Yeah, we do. Dude, hell yeah. Dude, this has to be a regular segment. I think it might be. Yeah, so I'll have to come up with a good uh, stinger for the Gen Z <laughs> translation. This will this will be our, we'll just clip these and put them on TikTok and we'll have our own podcast glow up. That's it. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's get into this week's edition of, it's actually a double edition. It's a double edition of. What the health and history channel brought to you by sick boy from snack labs and CBC. Uh, I love taking a peek inside of, of inside of an abandoned storage unit. So this is a, this is a weird story. Um, Jeff, our manager uh, sent this to us uh, and it's a history lesson on a woman named Mary Toft. Um, she is a woman uh, who gave birth to rabbits, right? Um, kind of. Uh, sort of. Well, I mean, we'll see. Um, and this is the sound of what that baby would have sounded like. Is that the sound of rabbits? Because you know, whenever you're going, oh, whenever you're going through sounds with a with a, a small child who you're trying to teach words to, and like, oh, what does this animal do, say? And blah blah blah. You get to certain animals, and you go, "The fuck sound yeah, does that yeah, animal yeah. make?" Yeah. So, well, if do you do rabbits? Because now I do now. All right, <laughs> let's role play here. I'm Zaya. Mm -hmm. I'm Zaya. Da, ba, da, ba, da, da, ba, ba. What does the rabbit say? I don't even know. I guess the, the rabbit says. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> I feel like she would react the same way that like sometimes babies react when their dad shaves their beard for the first time and they just look at him <laughs> yeah. and go, no, 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 no. <laughs> She's having a really emotional day today, so I probably won't uh, try out the rabbit sounds. Right. But maybe tomorrow. That's maybe. a good idea. I was. I just thought parent, rabbits. Parent the way you want. I'm not going to fucking tell you how to parent. I thought rabbits. <laughs> I'm not your dad or your boss. Dude, straight out squaggles. <laughs> said. I thought rabbits said ribbit. Uh, uh, that's nope. frogs. That's frog. So in the early 18th century, uh, the story of Mary Toft captured the attention of London in a bizarre and unsettling way. Uh, Mary, a resident of Godalming near London, lived in uh, lived a life marked by pro- poverty and hardship. This woman had a hard fucking go, and it never got better. She was illiterate uh, and married to a, uh, a clothier. Someone who... Ugh. Makes clothes clo- together? Cloth. That's clothes. That's, clothes. That's, yeah, sounds, that sounds bad. Who struggled to find consistent work. Uh, their life was typically uneventful until 1726, when Mary, pregnant with her fourth child, developed an intense and unfulfilled craving for rabbit meat. This per- uh, peculiar obsession began after she unsuccessfully chased a rabbit while working in a field. Now, months later... Okay. In a very strange turn of events, Mary fell ill and appeared to be going into labor prematurely. However, instead of delivering a baby, she began producing parts of dead rabbits. This bizarre occurrence was uh, attended by her midwife, John Howard, um, who was baffled and uh, disturbed by the sight. Like a mid-husband. Right? Um, I think they still call them midwives, though. It was a joke. I was joking. Do they? Do Do they actually, though? I have no Call idea. Call a, a male midwife a midwife? <clears throat> I have no idea. Actually, I don't even think, I think we can, talked about this before. Can you be a male midwife? You can yeah. be a male doula. Yeah, you can be a male midwife. I'm sure yeah. you can. Yeah. All market's, right. well, market's probably a because little smaller. It's, but we, we looked this up before. It's because midwife doesn't actually have anything to do with being a wife. Right. You're uh, doing mid, midwifery. Yeah. We looked this up once. We did. It's it's It's... it's Midwifery, it's, ring, it's yeah. ringing, a, ringing a bell. Yeah, the first male midwife in Canada was uh, it was back in uh, 2012. So there's, there's definitely not a lot of them. Anyway, John Howard was 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 ahead of the game. Um, so he was like, "What the?" Fu-? He, uh, so he was like, "Yo, uh, do not stand this. This is not on fleek, and we gotta eat these rabbit pieces out of here." Just uh, fucking, I don't know, Nathan, if you're listening still. Um, uh, so as Howard reported, these extraordinary deliveries. He claimed to have helped Mary deliver multiple rabbits. So she was just, she was going, oh, ah, like, and rabbits were coming out of her. Guys, I already know what happened. Uh, Initially, most medical authorities dismissed Howard's reports as either a prank or the delusions of a simple countryman. However, the story caught the attention of King George I, who, in turn, sent his anatomist, whose name was Nathaniel St. Andre, to investigate. So St. Andre shows up and he's an opportunist, uh, opportunist with a colorful past that included various odd jobs across Europe. Uh, and he had secured his position at court more through charm than medical expertise. He just, <laughs> he just, he just fucking, he just rizzed King, uh, King George yeah. uh, into this position. They called him St. Andre 3000. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, uh, and so uh, he arrives at Mary's side um, and she's, still fucking delivering more and more rabbits, uh, which he witnessed in astonishment. And so St. Andre, perhaps too eager for recognition and lacking skepticism, quickly became convinced of the legitimacy of Mary's case and presented his findings to the king. 
So the story of Mary Toth giving birth to rabbits spread rapidly through London. Interesting little fact here. Um, London at the time was, uh, was obsessed with news and, and like print news. And rabbits. When, when Paris had their first um, edition of any type of tabloid or newspaper, they, they released their first newspaper, uh, sorry, France. London had already had 300 newspapers in circulation. Um, so they were like, they were eating up news left, right, and center. They loved it. And a lot of it was like uh, based on not like journalistic in- integrity. It was all based on sort of gossip and, and like, you know, sensationalized stories yeah, and dude. shit. It's all the, it's all the magazines <clears throat> that we get in our, in our grocery store shop. Uh, I mean, aisles. it's not that like different from London today. They, uh, uh, yeah. you know, England today yeah. is very much still the, the exact same thing. At the checkout counter, when we see the tabloids and it's always about the royal family yeah, and stuff yeah. like that, it's just, that's like, that's, that's right. the current Hello, times Canada. version of that. So, yeah. uh, so this spread rapidly through London, igniting public fascination and horror. The phenomenon tapped into contemporary interests and fears around monstrous births and the mysterious capabilities of a female body. <laughs> they can do rabbits. <laughs> They're hysterical and <laughs> mysterious. Uh, notable figures such as Dr. John Murabit, uh, Malbray, who believed in the possibility of such occurrences, found Mary's case to be a, uh, a validation of their beliefs. However, skepticism, skepticism among the medical community persisted and led by Richard Ma- uh, Manningham, a colleague of St. Andre's, Manningham's careful observation and investigation ultimately led to the unraveling of the hoax. So it wasn't real. Spoiler alert. Oh, yeah, dude. Shit. And that rabbit that was running around in that field that she didn't catch, I think she caught it. She, yeah, yeah. And many more. <clears throat> uh, uh, a porter at Mary's residence revealed an attempt by Mary to bribe him to bring rabbit parts into her room. Confronted with the evidence and the threat of exploratory surgery, Mary confessed to the deception. The revelation... Now, this is wild. This is, what happened to her after is kind of like, oh, fuck. That's so funny <laughs> that they're just like, hey, well, just so you know, it's uh, the 1720s, so because this is happening, we're just going to take you. We're going to have to open you and up. And we're going to open you up. And she and went, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Your, your life is forfeit. Right. So Now, what do you think happened to her when she went, oh, f- okay, fine, 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 don't cut me up. And I was joking. They it was killed a joke. her. They hanged her. No, they didn't kill her. No, no, no. Oh. No. That's that, well, that, that wouldn't have been crazy. It probably would have been, to be honest with you, probably would have been better. Well, just to, just oh. to say at the same time in Boston, they were dunking human beings and saying that they were witches. Yeah. So true. Uh, yeah. You're right. Yeah. I think that was earlier maybe, but around the same. All, time. Yeah. All in the same kind of, uh, kind, of, kind of area. So the revelation that the entire saga was a hoax turned Mary into an object of ridicule, ridicule and scorn. The public and press mercilessly mocked St. Andre and the gullible elements of the medical profession. Today, we would say he got canceled, mm. and so did she. Mary was seen by some as a victim of her circumstance, but, uh, but by others, she was seen as a symbol of moral decay. The story was sensationalized in various publications with satirical and scornful depictions of all involved. In the aftermath, Mary faced legal repercussions and public humiliation. Shame. I wish I had that teed up. Sure. Uh, she was imprisoned and displayed to the public for a fee. Ooh. A testament to the enduring fascination with her story. And after her release, her life continued in obscurity and hardship with later records indicating struggles with poverty and petty crime. Mm. Could you imagine um, sitting around with your friends in the 1700s and going, hey, uh, what do you guys want to do tonight? Should we, uh, should we go down and go down and take a look at lady? Mary? And yeah. 
then go and pay money to do that. So here's a photo of uh, a, a depiction of a bunch of men uh, coming into Mary's room there. You've got the midwife, I think, on the far left, uh, a, a, a female that's kind of helping Mary. Mary is in in a lot of pain, it looks like. Fits She's of pain. And, and on the floor, for just the listeners, uh, on the floor, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, maybe thirteen rabbits. A litter, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, those yeah, are not rabbit parts, though. Those are those are full rabbits. rabbits. Yeah, and also um, I love these like seventeenth uh, or like seventeen hundred speech bubbles, and it looks like there's text coming out of it that says, "Bruh." Wait, where do you see the speech bubbles? I see the letters. Yeah, no, there's these. Oh, yeah, they are these, like, little weird speech bubbles. Uh, they're yeah. like they're oh, ancient oh, speech yes. bubbles. Is that oh, guy on the right? They're not speech bubbles. They're they're speech scrolls. Yeah, That's right. yeah, they That's are. Right. And the guy on the right saying, "Bruh, bruh." Yeah. Um, and uh, He's a, group, mad a, flex. a group of rabbits is, is actually known as a colony or nest or occasionally a warren. Um, and now a Mary. As opposed to a, uh, a what did you say? A, a, you you said say a flock. Litter. I said a litter. A litter. Yeah, right. I mean, it is really good to know finally now in 2024 that um, uh, females can't birth rabbits. Because, I mean, up to Yet. this point, that Yet. has been... Inconclusive. Yeah. Now we have the historical yeah. evidence. It's place. coming though. It yeah, maybe. I mean right. we, yeah. we just we just covered sure. we just covered the story about the rhinos. And, yeah. And Kylie gave birth to a baby a velociraptor. I mean, you know that the, you guys know that there are labs that are that are creating monkey human hybrids, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yep. Learn that from Alex Jones. Um, so uh, so there you go. That's it this week. Uh, that was fun. Hope you enjoyed that. And uh, welcome to our all our new listeners. And uh, if you're uh, still here, yeah, yeah. Um, these feel good Friday episodes are just us dicking around. But uh, but hey, look, if you are if you are listening and you are new, uh, we've got some exciting stuff coming in the pipeline. We've got uh, we've got an episode coming out next week uh, where we spoke to a woman about MRKH, super fascinating female uh, reproductive. Uh, issue that we never knew about until we had that conversation. Meyer Rokentansky Kuzierhauser syndrome. Whoa, whoa, dude! Good job. Good yeah, that is very impressive, Brad. Because we recorded that Meyer a while ago. Um, we also have a. Uh, we're also going to be talking to a uh, a doctor about the opioid crisis uh, next week, uh, which is an episode. A little peek behind the curtain. An episode that fell through the cracks. And I found it, and I was like, "Fuck, we never published this." And we recorded huh. it probably in it August. <laughs> Crazy. So yeah. So uh, Dr. Uh, Afton Hassett, apologies. Uh, and then uh, following that, the week after, we're going to be speaking with. Uh, probably, we're going to be publishing probably one of the best episodes we've ever recorded uh, with a woman named Sam, and uh, she's a caregiver to her young daughter who lives with cancer. Uh, her twelve-year-old daughter is, is a cancer survivor. And uh, holy shit, what a fucking amazing convo. We can't wait for you to hear it. And if you are a fan of the show, if you want to support what we do, of course, uh, follow along, hit the subscribe button or the follow button, whatever the fuck it is now that they do on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever, or the check button or the thumbs up. If there's a thumb and it's up, hit it. Uh, and, uh, and same goes for YouTube. Leave a comment below. Let's, uh, let's, get, let's get people uh, fighting in the comments. Let's get... Uh, let's get controversial. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, if you want to support further, every episode in the show notes, we have uh, a link to our Discord channel where you can come on over and join the post-episode discussions and join our little community that we've been building up for almost a decade. And so uh, we'd love to have you there. And if you want to be a guest on the show, go over to sickboypodcast.com and fill out the guest form. 
um, and we'd love to have you. And also, uh, if you do really, really, really like this and you're just looking for one more way to support it, uh, just tell your friends about this show. That that uh, sure. that goes a long way. Uh, thanks, as always, to the folks who helped make this show happen. A huge thank you to our Gen Z consultant, Nathan Giles, to uh, Jeff Lonis, our manager, to Annika, our production assistant, and everybody else who helps make this show possible. We love you all. That is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And I am Jeremy. And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.